Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais and Kankakee. I'm Pastor Mike Hannell. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and finally, a benediction. But before that, a few quick announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. Although we do have in-person worship services at St. Paul's, we realize not everyone is comfortable returning at this time, and that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable returning or have health reasons that would keep you away, please use some of the alternative ways of being part of worship, such as our worship page on our website, this WKAN broadcast, our Facebook stream, audio CDs of our sermons, or our podcast. We also urge you to keep up to date with us through our website, stpaulslutheran.net, and click the COVID-19 response link at the top of the page. Otherwise, you're welcome to call the church office to find out the latest information. And remember, you can always access our online worship services anytime on our website. Today's service is a rebroadcast of our January 24th in-person service. January 24th began our church's celebration of National Lutheran Schools Week, a time when we give thanks to God for our Lutheran schools, for our staff, for our students, and for their families. At St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we are overjoyed that each day we are able to teach over 200 kids in our classroom, not only about reading, writing, and arithmetic, but especially about Jesus' love for them and help them to live out their faith in him. The theme for this year's National Lutheran Schools Week is Sent to Serve. And so to introduce our service, you'll hear audio from a short video that our 8th graders put together to talk about their experiences at our school. And you'll also hear a few guest voices today. The readers for our Bible readings include Alina Lejess and Hope Rammer, two of our students at St. Paul's. If you'd like to learn more about our school, we have a open house coming up February 11th from 5 to 7 p.m. We'd love to have you here, and if you want to learn more, you can also call us or visit our website at stpaulslutheran.net. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. What is your favorite field trip or school event? Trunk or treat and family reading night. Probably about going to the market. When we went to Brookfield Zoo. Going to the Science and Industry Museum. What is your favorite thing to do at school? Go to recess. Playing home learning. Probably say PE or just running around and stuff. Probably hang out with my friends. Social studies. Tell me about a favorite memory with one of your teachers from St. Paul's. In Mrs. Douglas's class, we had this egg week and it was really, really fun. When I was in second grade, um, Miss Brockman, she was a very nice teacher. Uh, she uh, she had a pet snake named Dorian, and every every single day we would uh, get to like you know pet it and uh, watch it shed its skin and feed it mice. Uh, doing stuff with her. I 
Well, my favorite memory is with my brother and Miss R. Miss R and Jackson saw a uh, cloud that looked like pants, and they called it orange shorties. One of my favorite memories is when Mrs. Douglas sunk our Christmas tree. Every day she would make it short, shorter or smaller, and on the last day she made it a very tiny Christmas tree sticker. What's your favorite service project that you've done? The blankets. Making um, the blankets yep. and the cards. Make cards for people that have cancer. Well, I think uh, one year in Mr. Wackel's class, we um, took a, um, some elderly people who were in wheelchairs to the Gallery of Trees, and we pushed them around because, of course, they couldn't walk on their own, and they got to see all the trees, and that was really fun because they were all really nice. The most important thing I've learned at St. Paul's is how to cooperate. I'll take a nap. Of each other and to be kind. Um, to be nice. Uh, definitely to follow God and follow in God's ways. Old Testament lesson today is Isaiah 55, 6-9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God. For he will, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson today is from Philippians 1, 27 through 29. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel now according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus approaches the end of his ministry, we have this interesting conversation where James and John, the sons of Zebedee's mother, come up to Jesus and ask about their own special position in the kingdom of God. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. 
When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the last few weeks, I'm getting daring here, so this part is going to require audience participation, and uh, if I don't have it, I can't begin the sermon. If I can't begin it, I can't end it, and so you're held hostage here all day, so cooperate. What is the title of the saddest book that you have ever read? Any volunteers? What is the title of the saddest book you have ever read? Thirteen is too young to die. I I can already see why that's going to be a sad book. Yes. Yeah. I love you forever. Oh, man, now all the moms are going to start crying. Say it again. Charlotte's Web. Oh, boy. Last night we had Old Yeller and uh, Where the Red Fern Grows. Some big ones. Um, So I'll tell you the saddest book that I've ever read. It's called Algebra 2. That was a joke from one of our members that was on our Facebook page, and I said I was going to steal it, so that's not me. Um, but if you've ever been there, you, know, you can associate that. In school, maybe you had a subject that was not your best subject by far. It was a subject that really frustrated you, and you, know, you try your hardest. You work to try to understand it. The teacher would do their best to try to you know, get that material there, and you would just be staring back and... The teacher would say, you don't get it, do you? You'd be like, I don't. I don't understand it. We've all been there. Maybe it's not in a classroom that that question has been asked. Maybe it's a a family sit-down in your family. Maybe one of the family's sacred rules have been broken, a rule that you have tried to establish again and again and again, and uh, maybe a little bit angry, maybe a little bit frustrated, The question is asked, don't you get it? Don't you understand why this is what our family is about? Maybe a slightly different tone. You've experienced some personal heartache, some suffering that you are going through, and you've poured your your heart out to a friend, a close family member, and they've tried to cheer you up, they've tried to say the right things, but they can see that, that it's not working and they're trying to get... They're getting a little frustrated, and you're getting a little frustrated, and you say, you you just, you don't get it, do you? You don't understand what I'm going through. That whole question, that whole frame of mind, don't you get it? That could adequately address our gospel reading today. You 
sort of sense that there is something really wrong. And like I said, even if you don't understand the introduction to that section about what happened before, there's something that's just not clicking, okay? This is not at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is almost at the end. The disciples know a lot about Jesus. They know who he is. This is after Matthew 16. This is after that big confession of faith where Jesus says, okay, we've been together for a while now. You, you know what I've said. You know what other people have said. So tell me, who do you say that I am? And Peter, on behalf of the disciples, said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus affirmed that that was the right answer. That's who he was. And from there, he tried to explain to them what it meant that he was the Christ, that he would suffer, that he would die, and on the third day, he would rise again. That is who the Christ was. That is who he was, and that is why he had come. That was his mission to fulfill. The disciples knew that. They had heard it. They had been asked it. They had said it themselves. But something isn't falling into place. They just don't get it. And so our gospel reading today, it is a sweet mother who on behalf of her two boys asked Jesus for just a small, a smidgen of a favor. Jesus, I only ask for one thing. My sons, my dear boys, when you enter your kingdom, can one be on your right and the other be on your left? And we're all like, really? That's the question you ask? That's the small favor that you want to ask of Jesus? Can your kids be like right next to Jesus, the Son of God? Can they have all of that authority and power and recognition? That's what you're asking for your kids. And let's be honest, maybe a little for yourself too, that mom pride that's always there for their boys. You don't get it, do you? And we can tell that the two sons, they're in on all of this. It isn't that they're embarrassed by the question that their mom asked. They're, they're there to add some points of clarification when Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking, do you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yes, we do. We know exactly what we're asking for, Jesus. But they don't. They don't get it. And you, you can't help but walk away from this passage saying, it's not just them. It's not just James and John, and it's not just their mother. Because what's the next thing that happens? The rest of the disciples, they hear about this. They find out, and what's their reaction? They're indignant. They're angry. They're jealous. Because why, why didn't our moms ask first? Why weren't we first in line? We don't want to get the leftovers. We want the best things that Jesus is going to give us. And again, Jesus' Jesus's response could have been, you don't get it, do you? We read all of that. We know that they don't get it. And the problem is that we judge them accordingly. I mean, we have that advantage. We know the whole story. We know how it all plays out. And so it's easy to say of these people, 
You guys don't get it, do you? But let's face it. If others were to look at our story, if others had the same vantage point that we have of these people, wouldn't they say the same thing about you and me? Wouldn't they look at our lives and say, hey, look at these people and the proud confessions that they make. Look who they say they are and then look at what they do. They don't follow that. They don't treat each other with love and kindness. They're fighting for first place just like these disciples were. They don't get it, do they? And we don't. When confronted by God's Word, we make that realization that we're not better than they are. We're not better than those disciples. We too sin much. We fall short in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. We don't get it. We don't measure up. But Jesus, even if He might have been frustrated with His disciples, He doesn't just blurt out, don't you get it? Instead, He helps to draw the contrast. He helps to explain what it's all about. He says, this is how the Gentiles believe. This is how unbelievers behave. This is the kind of stuff that they do, that they're trying to be number one. They're trying to be the best, the most powerful, the richest, whatever, you name it. They're trying to come out on top. It can't be that way with you. If you want to be number one, if that's what your heart is set on, it can't happen the same way. You need to be a servant. The race to the top is not a race to the top. It's a race to the bottom. And Jesus makes it clear that that truly is the case. For He, the greatest, the Son of Man, He says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. To serve others. To serve the world. To serve you to serve everyone. And I do that by laying down my life, by giving my life as a ransom for many. Jesus had already said that that's what His life was about, that He had come to suffer and to die and on the third day to rise again. What He says now is nothing new, but He puts it all into perspective. That's who He is, a servant. And that's who they must be as well. That just as He has been sent here to serve, He also will send them to serve in His name. Just after this comes Matthew 21. Matthew 21 is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It is Palm Sunday. It is the beginning of Holy Week. And as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, He is hailed as King. But the people that do that, the people who praise Him, they had number one on their mind. They thought that His would be an earthly kingdom, a kingdom of great power and might, and that they would kick the Romans out of Jerusalem. Now Jesus received their praise because He was King. But He still needed to show them that He would not be the King that they were thinking of. He would be a very different kind of king. 
And so Holy Week begins and Jesus will enter into that suffering. He will be handed over. He will die. But on the third day, He rises again. Jesus completes His task to serve us, to serve the world by becoming that sacrifice for our sin. Because we don't get it. The thing that we should get is God's eternal condemnation. But Jesus gets that. He takes that upon Himself so that instead we would get forgiveness, everlasting life, His mercy, and His grace. That is the good news of following Jesus. That we who fall short, we who don't get it, don't get God's condemnation. But because of Jesus, the servant of servants, we receive forgiveness and grace by faith in Him. And that's why we're here. Not just us, but this place, the school. St. Paul's Lutheran School exists to give an education to kids to teach them about all of those basics, all of those subjects, whether you like them or not, whether you are good at them or not, to to make sure that kids have that understanding in life. And our teachers do a wonderful job at that. But that's not why we're here. We're here to bring that good news. That's the message of Jesus, the message of the cross. And yes, there are times when the kids don't get it, when they struggle in the lessons, when they have a hard time understanding something that is being taught. And honestly, that happens sometimes as we are teaching them about Jesus too. There are some things that they just don't get, that they don't understand. But the Holy Spirit works, works through His Word, works through our ministry, works through our people to help them get that message, to help them receive that message in faith. And it's a wonderful gift that you and I have to participate and support the school here. Because it's all about that message. It's all about that gospel that we are sent to serve because Christ has served us. And we rejoice. We rejoice in the people that make that happen. It starts with Pastor Copen. Unless your wife told you all of this stuff, he doesn't know what I'm going to say. And So plug your ears, Pastor. He's a, a big guy. You see him standing in a room, you'll see him. He's, he's head and shoulders above just about everybody else. But in another sense, he's the smallest guy I know. There is no boasting in him. There is no selfish pride in him. He'll fall on the sword for anybody. Why? Because he's a servant of Christ. He is sent to serve. That's what we're about here. The guy in the back, the principal, that's a hard job. It's a hard job to manage teachers and children and parents all at the same time. It's a hard job in any time 
any circumstance. This year, it's an impossible job. But he's been doing it. He's been doing it and making hard decisions. Decisions that you and I would not want to make because they're decisions that nobody's happy with in the end. You can't make everybody happy. And we haven't. But the way he's been making decisions is what best serves our teachers, what best serves our kids, what best serves our families. And we've been doing that. He's been doing that because he's a servant of Christ. Our teachers, they've been through it all too. They've done the whole online teaching thing at the end of last year. During the summer, as we were talking about what our plans would be, do we understand this whole COVID situation? It was treacherous. But every last one of them said, we need to come back. We need to be in person. That's how we teach. That's how these kids learn. And it's not just about learning the lessons. That's how we love. That's how we connect with them. That's how we support one another. So knowing that this COVID stuff, nobody really gets it. Nobody really understands it. Knowing that there would be threats to their own health. They wanted to be here. They wanted to serve. They wanted to teach. And they have. And they're amazing. At St. Paul's, we don't try to be number one. We're not trying to like be at the top and get the most recognition. That does not mean that we are not a good school. We are. Our teachers are excellent. They do a wonderful job. But that's not what we're about. We're about serving. Serving because Christ has served us. And that service is in the name of Jesus. And the kids, they get that. They get that. You saw it. You heard it in that video. We are sent to serve, and we serve them, but they get that they too are sent to serve. That Christ has served them through us, through our ministry, that they are a part of that. And they serve in so many wonderful ways. They help collect things for Operation Christmas Child, those, those shoe boxes that have been delivered to places that missionaries can use. They do that when they make some of the blankets and cards for Phil's friends. They do it when they make cards for some of the shut-ins and people who are hospitalized, the pastor and I visit. They do that when they collect items for Fortitude Community Outreach for the homeless. They do that when they collect food for our food pantries to help those who are having a hard time. They do that in so many ways because they too are sent to serve. Because they have been served by the gospel, by the teachers, by the staff, by all of you. See, you too have a part to play in this and you have done it well. You serve by your contributions. You serve maybe by having personally attended the school at one point or another, by sending your own kids to it, your grandkids, by recommending it to other people in our community, by volunteering, 
by your prayers. Why? You're not doing it to get ahead. You're not doing it to be number one. You're not doing it for recognition. You're doing it because you have been served by the gospel and the Holy Spirit has transformed you. You know that you too are sent to serve. We confess we don't always get it. We're not perfect. Sometimes we do try to be number one. But what we ultimately get because of Christ is God's forgiveness, his love, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that transformation inside of us so that we too are sent to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. You can continue to hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click Worship on the menu. God's blessings to you this day.